0: bernie radio 103.9 fm just after nine o'clock good morning coming up at 9:30 is building texas with justin mckenzie but thank you for making your appointment to hear this inspiring show god and our dogs with meg greer the following is sponsored by god our and this is bernie radio I'm Clint Buck and I'm Mary Adair. At Branscombe Law, our clients come first. Our talented and dedicated lawyers and staff take pride in offering solid legal solutions to individuals and their businesses.
1: Our attorneys focus on a variety of legal practice areas, including litigation, real estate, water law, employment, energy, corporate formation, and estate planning.
0: Our team is ready to serve you and your legal needs. Visit us at BranscomLaw.com for more information. Discover a new perspective,
1: God and Our Dogs, GodandOurDogs.com
0: Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer.
1: Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and our dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow. Spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments, bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube, where you will find bonus material from our guests. Thanks to our hosts. Tusculum Brewing Company on Bernie's Historic Main Street, a great place to enjoy family, food, and Tuscalum craft beer. Tuscalum Brewing welcomes our dogs, too. Our guest today is Dennis Blocker. He is a war dog trainer and handler. He trains dogs for explosive detection and drug detection, patrol tactics, trailing and scouting. He is the author of three books about his experiences, The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, and a new book that's coming out December 2023, Remember Us. Because of the bond developed with his many dogs, they would introduce Dennis by saying, meet my dad. Welcome, Dennis. We're so happy to have you with us today.
0: Thank you. It's wonderful being here, as usual.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, this is a special part two show with you, Dennis, because we just flat ran out of time last week when we were visiting about your insights and answering people's questions that you fielded over the years about what it's like to live in a war zone with dogs. And so we're gonna continue that conversation today. Last week, we covered how you select the dogs, what breeds you choose, how you train them about feeding, about medical care and their duty time. So we're just going to continue to answer some of those questions today. And is that okay with you, Dennis?
0: Sounds like a good plan to me.
1: Okay, great, great. Well, you also talked about how important it is that the handler grooms the dog. Tell us about that.
0: It's important because grooming is actually a form of bonding with your dog. And you want to have a good bonding relationship with your dog. And in the grooming, you're looking for many different things. You run your hands through the dog's fur, feeling for bumps, lumps, you know, ticks, uh, abrasions, anything that might be foreign to the body and the fur. And then, then you'll also check the nose, check the eyes, check the ears, check the, the belly, check the paws, check the nails, and you end up in the anal glands. So you're looking for... All these things, and especially if you got a large German shepherd or Belgian mammal who likes to spin and bark in a kennel. A lot of times, these dogs, when they're spinning in circles, they'll hit their tail against the wall. So I would always check for blood on the wall. Oh, really? Which would tell me that they broke the tail open. Oh, there's a, there's a cut. It's interesting. The grooming is extremely important because it's a medical check to make sure the dog is physically fine to perform its duties. And also it's a bonding period for you and the dog. Mm-hmm. The dogs love it because then you brush the dog out. And what you do is you will take your hand and go against the grain the fur and all over its body. And you're feeling for bumps and ticks, etc. Then you will smooth it out and go in the other direction with your hand. And then you take your brush and comb and then groom the dog out and get all the fur, you know, all the loose fur out. Mm -hmm. Because when you run your fingers up against the grain, against the fur, you're loosening all the dead fur.
1: Yeah, yeah. Getting to know your dog, getting to know a person, getting to know dog, really getting to know God. It takes a lot of time, and that's what you're doing in the grooming process, is you're spending time together. Time's essential, isn't it?
0: Especially, uh, not only with your dogs, but with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse that I comes to mind is James chapter 4, verse 8. says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Mm. And in that verse, it made me think about when I'm drawing near to my dog, he's drawing or she's drawing near to me. And my relationship with God, I have to keep in check all the time Mm -hmm. that I'm drawing continually close to God and God's drawing closer to me. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so true. What a beautiful picture that is, which kind of leads to another beautiful picture, and that's of play. Um, You talked a lot about the work that goes into training and also the work that the dog does in the war zone. Is there time for play?
0: There's always time. Some handlers were so tired after a long day of searching for explosives, and there's a lot of stress involved with that. I'm sure there is. That because, or being, you know, shot at by insurgents, a lot of stress. And I would have to encourage some of the handlers, you know, I'd ask them, have you played with your dog today? Your dog needs to be played with. And that could be throwing a kong, throwing a ball, a tug rope, something of that nature. And it's important to the dog because all the dog's been doing is searching all day, you know. And then they have shifts where, you know, they may search 20 minutes, 15 minutes, or 30 minutes. And then another dog team comes in. We talked about that in the last show. But you need to find time to play with the dog because I'm sure a dog gets bored. And you can tell when you're working a dog, if your dog is slowing up, doesn't seem interested. Then I, as a trainer, tell my handlers, you need to encourage your dog, encourage your dog. get peppy, you know, get excited. And so I tell them, you know, take your dog, go out to the field, throw a ball, here's a rope, play tug of war with the dog, and make the dog feel excited. The one thing that, uh, and I I had a problem with this once in Afghanistan, I was coming out of my room and I looked down to my left and there were two dog handlers and they had both their dogs playing with each other. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's something you don't, you're not supposed to let happen because these dogs cost thousands of dollars to train and also the money that's spent on these dogs to purchase them. So a lot of money and a lot of training time is gone in these dogs. So if one dog decides to get an attitude in their playtime and he bites and, let's say, tears an ACL uh, on a dog uh, or causes a serious injury, now the dog cannot function. You've just lost a dog in the war that's supposed to be there to protect our our troops and our allies, and now he's out of the picture because you allowed your dog to play with the dog, which you were not supposed to do.
1: Well, I can see that would be a fine line because, you know, our two dogs at our house play together, but they really roughhouse sometimes, and you don't want your your highly trained and talented dogs doing that, I can imagine. But on the other hand, you talked about um, in the last show when you're training – that you're using that Kong, you're using that ball as really part of a reward. So if they're not playing as much, I can see their attitude might really be affected.
0: Oh, it is. Like I said, as a trainer, yeah, you know, I be watching my, I would be watching myself, my own dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm working towards a lackey, and and I'm hot and I'm getting tired, and I look at my dog and he's slowing down. I have to tell myself okay get excited i said come on come on come on towards come on come on let's go come on buddy and i start jogging you know jumping around and he jumps around i'll take the kong out and throw the kong up in the air and catch it and i'll take it back i'll say come on zoek," which is a dutch word for search and i'll tell him "zoek," and we start searching the vehicles for yeah. explosives yeah. yeah and so you've got to constantly keep yourself in check <clears throat> to make sure that you're checking yourself out and then checking your dog out because a lot of times a dog will replicate and imitate you
1: Ah, interesting. If you're slowing
0: down and you're walking slow and you're looking tired, many of the dogs will do the same thing.
1: Oh, gosh, that's rich. (laughs) I was thinking um, it's so important to have rest in your week. God even designed it. But then when you talked about imitating, golly, that makes me think about Jesus, (laughs) you know, that Jesus was here so we could... Know what God looks like, right? Absolutely. And how to imitate that in our image? Yeah, yeah. That is just so rich.
0: I had a uh, my partner. I was telling him, I said, Alex, I said, look at the look at the officer, look at his dog. I said, we've trained this dog. Now we're training the dog with the handler. I said, look at the dog. Look at his foreman. This dog was stellar. He was like a gold medalist type of dog. Uh huh. And because this handler was tall, and nothing against tall people. I'm tall. I'm almost 6'2". He's slowing down. He's walking slow. He's talking slow. And the dog is moving slow. The dog's not acting like it was before. He's changing his personality to fit the personality of his handler. Uh huh. So I told the handler, I said, you got to speed things up. Yeah. I said, your dog is replicating you.
1: Yeah. Well, and Jesus calls us to do that. That's that's why that rest and recuperation is important, so we can remember who we are and whose we are, right? Amen. Yeah. Wow, that's really awesome. Well, Dennis, before we talk about other aspects of living with dogs in a war zone, I'd like to tell you and our listeners about our sponsor today, Branscombe Law. This is Meg Greer. Clients come first at Branscombe Law. I've known their talented, dedicated lawyers for years. They offer solid legal solutions to individuals and businesses for real estate, water law, corporate formation, estate planning, and more. With offices in San Antonio, Austin, and Corpus Christi, their team is ready to serve your legal needs. Find your lawyer at Law. Com. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, the Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, Kendall County Abstract, and Tusculum Brewing. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, GodandOurDogs.com, including my blog and the sign-up for a weekly Thought to Ponder with stories based on my dogs on the Want to Treat page. You can also listen to those Thoughts to Ponder Thursday mornings at 7.45 and 8.45 on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM or the Bernie Radio app. Check out the show webpage for our newsletter updates and resources. That's godandourdogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective,
0: God and our dogs. This is Stan Leach and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer.
1: We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Joining us today is Dennis Blocker, war dog trainer and handler. He is also the author of three books, The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, and Remember Us, a book that will be released December 2023. Dennis is telling us today about life, with dogs in war zones. And really this is part two of our discussion that we started last week. And today we've covered a few subjects. We've covered um, how important the grooming process is in the war zone and also play. Play's important too. So Dennis, dogs, you talked about this a little bit before the break, dogs are a huge asset. How does that actually play out in a war zone. Are dogs targets just like our soldiers?
0: Yes, I was surprised when I got to Iraq in 2005, 2006, and the same thing happened when I got to Afghanistan in 2010, 2011. We were briefed in the incoming briefing that um, there was a bounty of $20,000 on our dogs. That's amazing. On their heads. And so I would always remind my handlers that, you know, you need to not think about that bounty. I said, we're all here for a reason. We're all here for a mission. That is to protect our troops and our allies, and we're here to save lives. And I told him that if you, in fact, allow this bounty to be weighing on your mind all the time you're searching, it's going to affect you, and it's going to affect your dog. All your feelings go down your leash to your dog. And so it's amazing to find out that, you know, we are this target. Yeah. Yeah. uh, because the dogs were finding uh, their explosives. The dogs were finding their buried weapons and large caches of ammo. Wow, that's and, interesting. And, you know, in a desert. And so the dogs were having a tremendous impact on the war effort uh, with the insurgents. And it reminds me that, and I thought this often when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, on this reward uh, for us, for our canines and and my handlers and myself, that it reminds me that there's a bounty on each of us. And that bounty is the devil. He uh, wants our soul. And if we don't turn to Jesus Christ and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the devil's going to collect on that bounty. Mm -hmm. He's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter for souls. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of the verse uh, Romans chapter th- 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We now have relinquished and the devil's lost that bounty, which mm-hmm. is our soul. And now God gets the glory.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's a, a great insight And, you know, it also makes me think about how much we think we're in control of things. And I can see as a handler that that's something you're really not in control of. You just have to do the best job you can and not focus on it. And how often do we get caught up in our mind with lies we tell ourselves about things and how that really impacts our ability to perform the job or, or, be a good parent, or whatever it is that we're trying to do, the lies we tell ourselves can really impact our effectiveness.
0: Yeah, I I get handlers. I'm thinking about what you just said. Uh, I was telling my brother-in-law this morning at the breakfast table, he had visited us this morning, and I told him that I, I I had a handler who told me his dog was perfect. His dog was tremendous. He was the best bomb dog that he's ever worked. I said, really? I said, let me see your training record. He showed me his training record, and his training record showed everything was perfect. Nothing was wrong. And I looked at him, and I said, you're lying. He said, you're calling me a liar? I said, yeah, I'm calling you a liar. I said, no dog's perfect. No dog's 100%. I said, I'm going to hide explosive odor, and I want you to prove to me your dog is 100%. So what I did was I took some debt cord, and along this road, and there was a, a barrier along the road of ropes that they didn't want you crossing over into the ditch going toward the runway. And this is in Afghanistan. So I took dead cord and I wrapped it around the rope for about 25, 30 feet. I let it sit there for 30 minutes. I said, okay, this is what you're going to do. I want you to walk this road here and tell me if there's any explosives along, the, along this road. There is or there isn't. But you got to be able to read your dog and tell me, no, there's nothing here. Or yes, there is because my dog found it. I made sure, of course, the wind was blowing in the right direction, coming across, bringing odor across the road so the dog would get it. So he worked his dog, and the dog started pulling toward the the odor, toward the rope where the debt cord was, and he popped the leash, said, Phooey, that, leave it, and he kept working the road. He was thinking, because there was trash in the road, and I asked him later, what were you thinking? He said, well, I thought maybe there was food in the bags here along the road, and he was going after food. I said your problem is that you didn't trust your dog. You need to trust your dog 100%, like we're supposed to trust Christ 100% in the direction he leads us. Mm -hmm. I said, and you were wrong. So again, I'll tell you this, your records tell me you're a liar. I said, when you have a mistake and you see a problem with your dog, annotate it. I said, because that's valuable to you because now it shows you need to work in this area and make your dog better. Mm -hmm. This could have cost somebody their life because you thought using your brain that there was food and bags along the road here that somebody threw out their vehicle window and it wasn't at all it was odor explosive odor debt mm-hmm. cord
1: yeah and you're talking about the record and keeping notes and it just reminds me you know the, the once the dog is trained that's not it you keep training with that dog over and over again right so they can stay sharp and that we can't trust christ if we're not constantly training with him so that we can get the right scent
0: Right. So yeah. staying in his word, meaning the scriptures, mm-hmm. having your daily devotion, your prayer time, you've got to keep it rich.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's so awesome. Well, the last thing that you talked to me about before the show was how long a dog serves as a war dog.
0: The military uh, will work their dogs to the age of seven or eight, uh-huh. and they're extremely faithful. Sort of holding to that. The contract working dogs, civilian dogs, the contractors will work to dogs anywhere from seven to 11 years of age. Mm, that's uh, old. <laughs> Torres was 11 years old when uh, we were in Iraq together. He had three tours in Iraq. This was his third tour with me. And then he had two tours in Afghanistan. He was at New York City during 9 11 for about four and a half, almost five months, protecting the Empire State Building because uh, there was a possibility, intel, that. The Empire State Building was going to be a target, so he was searching vehicles, packages being delivered. And he was 11, and it was heartbreaking for me because you have to leave your dogs behind in war when your time's up. Oh, wow. My 13, I was supposed to say 12 months. I went 13 months. A month before I left, they came to me and said, do you want to adopt Taurus? Oh, yeah. I said, do I want to adopt Taurus? <laughs> of course I want to adopt Taurus. Of course I want to take him home with me. We thought that was your answer. So I was able to adopt Taurus. And then I was also able to ad- adopt Lackey.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Lackey, well, I adopted him because it's in book one where a rocket came in and exploded near us. And I black, I was blacking out, uh, falling to the ground. I came out of it when my knees hit the ground. And, and Lackey, I could f- hear his nails on the ground. I could feel my leash going left, right, right, left. And I knew that he was terrified. because uh-huh. of a noise, shrapnel was flying everywhere. Uh, we didn't get wounded. Thank God. It's a miracle we didn't. And But that did it for him. He was finished. Mm-hmm. So they asked me, do you want to take Lackey home? He was only over two years old. Ah, uh,
1: okay. And so they I, knew that that was it.
0: They tried. Uh, they tested him, and he wouldn't pass any tests. That last rocket, and before that rocket, the day before that, we got attacked with rockets. And the day before that, we got attacked by rockets. Uh. And this third day, I was out there in the lane at our checkpoint along the Tigris River, and it hit right near us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was 11 when uh, he was retired. Uh, that's Torres, I mean. Lackey was only a little over two years of age. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about uh, when they retire, they get a, a new life. Uh-huh. The life is, and I, I get so excited when I see the the working dogs, the military dogs, who and contract working dogs who retire because now they get a life that they've never had before because uh, they've been working dogs, right? Search for explosives or drugs or people, uh, bad guys, bad girls, and it may, reminds me of Romans ten thirteen, whosoever shall call upon the name name of the Lord shall be saved. We, when a person is presented uh, through the Holy Spirit. The gospel, and they recognize that sin has a penalty, and that penalty—that penalty, excuse me—that penalty is to be separated from God for all eternity in hell. But God says He has a gift, and that gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that new life for us as Christians is to spend eternity glorifying God in heaven with all of our other Christians and family members who are Christians who passed on before us. For the dog, when they retire, to me in my mind it's like they're going to heaven. Yeah. I mean, this is a new life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, they get to sleep on the couch. They get to watch TV. They get to lay in the bed with you. Uh, they get to go in a the car. They're no longer riding a crate because when in the war zones, the dogs are always transported in crates. So they get their head out the window. Their tongues are flapping in the wind. They got the happy face. You drive yeah. up to certain restaurants. They got little pupchinos, you know, yeah, ice yeah. cream for the dogs. And so this is an entirely new life. Yeah. And they just, in fact, look at my arms. I got goosebumps. Uh-huh. It, that's uh-huh. how much it means to me that I really enjoy watching these dogs when they retire. Yeah. Because now, and they act differently. They act like puppies. Oh, isn't that fun? Yeah. Their experience is something they never experienced in their life. And they jump and hop just like a puppy. They're yeah. so excited because this new life I've got. Yeah. This is wonderful.
1: It, you're seeing a picture of joy right yeah. there absolutely <laughs> that's so awesome
0: and when we get to heaven i imagine i'll be doing the same thing yeah
1: yeah definitely. <laughs> jumping and
0: hopping yelling <laughs> mm-hmm. and s- hopefully accompanied
1: by all our dogs
0: <laughs> yes that would be wonderful <laughs>
1: yeah it would be for sure well dennis it's been so much fun to have you on part two thank you and it was that wonderful. we we made it through all of the insights that you had for us about um, what people wonder about with dogs in war zones. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, I want you to tell our listeners how they can find your books.
0: Yes, they can go to my website dogsoftwowars.com, and then it's a numerical two and dogsoftwowars.com, or they can go to Amazon.com and find my books there. And I will say one more thing. Uh-huh. You had mentioned it'd be nice if we get to heaven and our dogs would be there. Yeah. I remember one day in Iraq. I was convinced there was an explosive on this truck, and I looked at Torres and I said, "Listen, I said I really believe this is it. Wow, we're going to heaven in just a few minutes." And I looked at him and I said, and he's looking me in my eyes, and I said, "When we find ourselves going to the gates of heaven, don't you dare pee on the gates. They may not let you in." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. A typical male dog, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Dennis Blocker, author of. Uh, The dogs I've known in two wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you so much for being with us. We really enjoyed it.
0: I've loved it. Thank you so much. Great.
1: Well, before we leave today, I'd like to have a little thought to ponder, and it'll be quick. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. How is your dog relying on you today? Maybe God wants you to rely on him the same way. Email stories at GodInOurDogs.com. This is Meg Greer, and you have been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs, and click Follow. Follow. Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us.
0: Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. dogs Godandourdogs.com I'm Clint Buck. And I'm Mary Adair. At Branscom Law, our clients come first. Our talented and dedicated lawyers and staff take pride in offering solid legal solutions to individuals and their businesses.
1: Our attorneys focus on a variety of legal practice areas, including litigation, real estate, water law, employment, energy, corporate formation, and estate planning.
0: Our team is ready to serve you and your legal needs. Visit us at BranscomLaw.com for more information. Let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.